It's one of those songs that you keep hearing over and over by seemingly random artists. Originally by Sugarboy and his Came Cutters, most popularly by the Dixie Cups, and very recently on Jimmy Fallon. And of course, our boy AC had to cover it himself. It's time for Ico Ico on the Carter cast. Yo, it's time to mine for gems of the past. No, this ain't full of house, it's the Carter cast. We gonna be analytical, stay right beside me. Let's analyze the start of the new millennium and 90s. We got fly guests that are host to boot. That try to walk a mile in Aaron's shoes. No, we ain't creepy, we're enthusiasts. So sit back, throw a party, it's the Carter cast. Man, what a great intro. Never get tired of that. So welcome to the second episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Ross Wiseman, and I'm here with a very special guest. How's it going, Esther? Uh, it's great. Love being back in Philly. Yeah, so uh, Esther is one of my friends for many years. We went to high school together. We played husband and wife in our high school's production of In the Heights. Uh, we're both Jewish, and they made us do Puerto Rican accents. How do you think that came out? Uh, well, our daughter was half black, so that was also interesting. Yeah, it was a very interesting show. We really uh, broke barriers. We, we, we were not nominated for an award. <laughs> we were as best ensemble because we crushed it together. Yeah, and you know what they say, two people, it's basically an ensemble. Yeah, um, that's when our other friends, they also won an award for being an ensemble as two people in Guys and Dolls. That's right, yeah. So, for those of you listening at home, you don't really know what we're talking about, because we're not being very specific whatsoever. But regardless, so today we're talking about Ico, oh, already messed it up, it's (laughs) Ico, Ico. And uh, Esther, this was actually, you suggested this song, is there any reason for it? Well, I think personally it's one of the most underrated songs that AC has ever recorded because not only is it a classic just in terms of as music, it really speaks volumes about him as a person and where he felt his career was sitting in 2000 when he released Aaron's Party. Yeah, so Aaron's Party, it's one of his most popular, I say it would be his most popular album. That's like the one that people automatically think of. It has uh, Aaron's Party, that's how I beat Shaq, which we of course covered. I want uh, candy. Yeah, I Want Candy, um, Internet Girl, where he talks about having an internet girl. So, like, every song that anyone knows by Aaron Carter is on yes. Aaron's party. Yes, but... Um, Parenthetically, it, come and get it. Oh, of course. This was... Wasn't this a, actually a bonus track, or is one... It's at the, the the tail end of... You know, this... We can Google it later, but... Um, it's just yeah, kind you, of in there. He, when you um, were telling me about it, I had, I had never really heard of this at all. Well, I think it's commonly overlooked because of all of those powerhouse songs that are on Aaron's Party. Mm -hmm. Uh, He recorded it for a 2000 movie. Uh, It was a children's movie called The Little Vampire, which was about uh, a kid who had a friend that was a little vampire. Yeah, he moved, he moves to uh, Scotland. Yeah, it's Scotland. Because his dad owns... No, his dad is a golf course designer. Oh, he's a golf course designer. Okay. So he moves on to an estate, and he, like, keeps having these spooky dreams about a vampire, and then a vampire actually shows up, and they become best friends, and there's this thing, they're out running a vampire hunter, it's really crazy, and Ico Echo is in it, and Aaron Carter recorded it for the little vampire, and then got the rights to be able to put it on his album. Thank God. Well, if we're speaking about rights, um, so Ico Ico, just a little history about this song, it's one of those classics, um, it's, uh, it's been covered all over the place, and it's originally by, as I said in the intro, Sugar Boy and his Cane Cutters. Um, yeah, and, uh, this was the 50s, it didn't really chart at all because they were black, and as you know, in the United States, there was still this kind of racial tension, uh, with segregation and all that stuff, so it didn't really get popular at all, but when, um, the female pop group, the Dixie Cups, they covered it ten years later, just kind of as a goof, I read that they were 
just kind of hanging out in the studio or something and somebody just hit record and they decided to release it, that's when it just blew up and um, it was this whole thing where uh, the Dixie Cups were sued because the Sugar Boy people were like, hey, that's our song. And they only got like partial credit, even though they wrote it all. So, you know, it was pretty run-of-the-mill racism in the 60s and the payola scandal and all that. And we ended up with Ico Ico recorded by a bunch of white people. I don't think that it's really been covered uh, notably by a black person since. Yeah, I'm looking uh, I'm looking right now. We've got, like, Dave Matthews. We've got Jimmy Fallon. I mean, the Roots were involved in Jimmy Fallon, so, like, it's excusable because they were yeah. probably like, hey, this song's really dope. I was about to say, oh, there's Cindy Lauper, but she's uh, the whitest one on here, <laughs> followed by a close second by Alvin and the Chipmunks. Road Chip. Road Chip. Uh, you know, because... We were all like, when are they going to release another one? When are they going to go on another adventure? But I think it's weird that they followed up being crashed on a desert island with going on the road. Yeah, I mean, I feel like wouldn't you want to be, like, home after you were on a desert island? You would want to stay in your house. Yeah, but also just in terms of, like, classic um, heightening and stuff. So the first movie, um, they go to high school. Yeah. Uh, second movie. They fall in love. They fall in love with the Chipettes, obviously. The third movie, they jumps and they get crashed on a desert island and then the fourth one they go on a road trip i feel like they should have switched the two yeah wow this we've barely talked about aaron carter at all yeah we should wait isn't aaron carter no jesse mccartney is one of the chipmunks yeah aaron carter confused aaron carter actually spends a lot of time in vermont where i go to school and he comes and performs at one of the venues about five minutes from me once a year and we get to see Aaron Carter all the time. D- does he have ties to the area? or Because you're in Burlington? Yeah, I'm in yeah. Burlington. And he just really likes it. I have a, I, a person who preceded me at a newspaper that I write for. Reportedly, it's an urban legend, but she wrote an article on Aaron Carter's performance, but she also, like, slept with him. Whoa! But we write for the alternative news now, That's another crazy story. Yeah. Come on, let's see. <laughs> But, like, we write for the alternative news mag, so there was, like, no conflict of interest because we don't pretend to be real journalists. We're just people who go to things and then... Just like the Odyssey. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. For anybody listening out there, one of eight people that are listening, if you're a writer for the Odyssey, send me your article and maybe I'll read it. Yeah, send it. (laughs) Esther Esther won't read it. I mean, you can still tweet at her or whatever. Yeah, tweet Um, at me. E. Rosencrantz. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm out there. That's Brian Cranston, basically. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, also just to, um, Aaron snuck Eco, Ico, I cannot say. I keep thinking like Eco, Eco. That's the Al Gore cover. What? Okay. Al Gore covered it? No, I was making a joke because oh. Eco, Eco. Like, oh, because he's eco friendly. I'm, <sighs> Esther, you That known, one's on me, guys. Oh, I'm Esther, sorry. you've known me for six years now. You got to know that I'm a jokester. Do I? Are you? I am a joke. Yeah. A lot of people think that all I do is just kind of, I, I saunter around, um, I read uh, Edgar Allan Poe, yeah. and then um, I write my name in dry dirt. But I'm actually quite a funny dude. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. I um, jokes. I'm looking at your kitchen right now, and all I see is saltines, so. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I love mild salt. Just the and, mild. And, yeah, like, my doctor keeps telling me, Ross, you gotta be eating more Simple carbohydrates. Yeah. Forgot what the word was, and I remember, so I went carbohydrates. <laughs> so let's let's look at the lyrics a little bit. So reading the lyrics, um, and listening to Aaron Carter sing it, I it's it's weird. It's almost surreal because little bits of it kind of sound like it could be an Aaron Carter song, but then it's just not like 
like him singing about his grandma. Totally get it. But then, um, my flag just, boy. What's a flag boy? Um, you know how like when you're playing golf because we both play golf, <laughs> and um, you have a person uh, who needs to take the flag out. Yeah, Bagger Vance. Oh, was that? the Legend of Bagger with Will Smith. Yeah, that was a great movie. Was was Bagger Vance? He was the caddy, wasn't he? I feel like the caddy does that job as well. Yeah. They basically just assist the golfer. So hey, we're going to assume that a flag boy is a caddy. Yeah, so right. so your ca- your caddies, after a long day of caddying, they're sitting by the fire, and they keep setting your flag on flyer- fire. Um, what, what's your theory on what Ico Ico means? Well, the history of Ico Ico is actually really cool because Sugar Boy and his cane cutters are from New Orleans, so they're actually, like, New Orleans home and bred, and Ico mm-hmm. Ico is based on, it's basically a contemporary New Orleans folk song. Um, it's based on Louisiana Creole French. Um, Ico Ico, he says... Is that kind of like Canadian French? Yeah, except it's, like, the other side of the continental United oh, States. Oh, I get it now. Um, because New Orleans, like, the French Quarter, it, there's a lot of French influence because Louisiana used to be the French territory until we bought it in the purchase. Mm-hmm. So it's actually... The, really Louisiana, the Louisiana purchase for the listeners at home? Yeah. If you're keeping... You, for those of you t- keeping score. Could not tell you the year. 18... 1870? Se- I was going to say 1870. Like, I'm thinking post-Civil War, but... No, it's pre-Civil War because the... Sil- South. True, true. You're right. <laughs> because the South was um, involved. Esther used those classic uh, context clues and logic to solve that riddle. That's why they call me Logic Lady. Um, yeah, she's actually holding up. She she has a book that she wrote, uh, Logic Lady, colon. It, it all makes sense when you think about it. And it's it's really going to be on stamps next week. Yeah, it's got a little cartoon on it. You're winking. Yeah, I'm it, actually I'm actually on this on show hair. to promote my new book, Logic Lady. It all makes sense when you think about it. There's going to be like two people that's actually being like, oh, that actually sounds interesting. I you can go. you can buy it on ebook now on your on your Kindle if you have one or your uh, Barnes and Noble Nook. Oh, you know I'm on that Nook game. Yeah. So back, um, back to back to the Louisiana Ico, Ico. purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ico Ico is based in Louisiana Creole French, which is this really interesting combination of classic French and the Southern French that the immigrants and slaves and Americans, they all like mashed it up and made this really weird version of French that kind of sounds like it. And so what Crawford, who is, his name is James Crawford, sugar sugar boy, his actual name is James Crawford. Uh, what he said is that Ico Ico is a victory chant. That the Indians uh, yell, and Giacomo, which is the other part of the theme song, or the chorus, Giacomo is the cry that they go when they go into battle. And the song is actually the story of two Mardi Gras Indian tribes that clash on a parade route. And so it's pretty, like, it's pretty, um, like, they're really fronting, like, Mm -hmm. they're really strong, they're trying to look tough. And so it's actually a really interesting story that the song tells when it's told by the proper people. But like Aaron Carter. Like Aaron Carter, because everyone knows that he has deep roots in Louisiana Creole. I mean, he loves um, Popeye's chicken. I'm sure he eats beignets sometimes. Ooh. Um, and I ran out of things I know about Louisiana. I think that's it. I think it's just... Popeye's chicken and... And beignets. And be- what are beignets? Beignets, they're like this fried dough, and like they're like donuts, but like better, and then they're covered in powdered sugar. That's an awful description. It's like donuts. Okay, I get that. But better. Ooh, okay. And they're like, um, they're like if 
fried dough and donuts had a baby. Oh, and then okay. Kind of like non-bread? Does that make sense? Kind of. But okay. then you just like cover it in powdered sugar. And it's really, really good. And there's one place in Louisiana, like in New Orleans, there's this one restaurant that's like world famous for their beignets. And I've never... Have you, okay, I was about to say, like, you, you're talking very confidently like you've been there. I'm very... Have you ever seen um, Jonathan Favreau's movie Chef? Uh, that's the one with the, the with, food truck, yeah? Yeah, the little kid, Sofia Vergara. I haven't. My parents gave it very high ratings. I agree with your parents. Okay. Hey, uh, for those at home, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Wiseman, as well as Esther, they recommend Chef. It's on Netflix. I Don't believe. watch it on an empty stomach. That's exactly what they said. But wow. it, was, it was my mom's. She was like, oh, you don't eat it on an empty stomach. <laughs> well, you know that I'm basically a 50-year-old Jewish woman. At yeah, and my mom is basically um, like a rejected Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> so Sugar Boy and his cane cutters took these songs, took these um, Indian victory and war chants and made it. And he said that they were trying to copy the success of like another New Orleans folk song that had been written about 10 years before. Mm-hmm. He said that he had no real connection to these Mardi Gras tribes. He just wanted to make a really catchy song. So he took what he thought were the most interesting and best parts of the victory chants and the war cries. And he set it to the catchiest tune he could think of. It is really catchy. I will give you that. It worked. (laughs) Because we're still singing it 70 years later. Yeah. Well, we're humming it. I, yeah, it's, it's really cool. And that's kind of like one of the earliest mashups kind of. So. Yeah. It's really interesting. Um, according to, uh, Wikipedia. So, uh, Sugar Boy, uh, James Crawford gave an interview and, uh, he says Giacomo, uh, according some music scholars think that it says, uh, that it means kiss my ass. Really? Yeah. I should start um, using that, like, in regular conversation. Like, Giacomo. Yo, Esther, can you clean the bathroom? Giacomo! <laughs> I just don't think it has as, as much of a punch, though, as, like, kiss my ass. Because, like, kiss my ass! Because if someone doesn't know the language, then no matter how you say it, it's just going to be like, okay, like, Giacomo! Because I, I don't know where the, the emphasis will go. Oh, well, also, Giacomo could be a court jester. Crawford didn't really know. He huh. laughed, according to the... He laughed. (laughs) He was like, yeah, I'm making this up. (laughs) Yo, I totally got you. People just assumed that they knew what they were doing, so they copied them. But in reality... That's basically the plot for Back to the Future. Yeah. Oh my, wait, that is the plot. (laughs) Whoa, we are cracking this wide open, Ross. (laughs) So Marty McFly, we all know famously in the movie, during the um, Enchanted Under the Sea dance, uh, he sang Ico Ico. Mm -hmm. And everybody was like, oh, he invented... Um... New Orleans jazz? This isn't jazz. No, this is not. It's folk. It's New Orleans folk. It's folk. Well, technically, it's uh, pop. Like the... Pop folk? Mm-hmm. Poke? Poke. We should call it poke. Like James K. Poke. Yeah. So, so it's spelled P-O-L-K? Okay. I was thinking more like poke, like Facebook. Yeah. That... I feel like that's going to be a common misconception. So, but with all of this... All that historical context that Esther, you beautifully gave us, I'm, I, I'm still very confused about this song. Like I, I didn't really know a lot about it. But what do we think about um, Aaron Carter singing this song? Like his, con- him, doing it. Well, I think that it's actually really interesting. I mean, I personally am not crazy about the fact that he did it because it's a little cultural appropriation-y for my taste. Cultural inappropriation. Crushed it. Oh wow! Okay, the audience. <laughs> you just hear heard this fist bump. bump. <laughs> that was a really good fist bump. 
Um, so I actually think it's really interesting that he did this. I don't know who chose it for him and who who in the little vampire was like, what we need is Aaron Carter. Yeah, that's the most interesting <laughs> part. This was this was covered specifically for the little vampire movie. So someone was like, we need Iko Iko. And like I've heard some a couple different versions and they're all pretty similar. Like they every artist adds a little bit of their own groove to it, but I mean I guess just the whole making money thing, they gotta get Aaron Carter because this was uh, it was two thousand that Little Mon- Little Vampire came out. I'm thinking of Little Monster, the other movie. Yeah. That's very similar in mm-hmm. my mind. Like, Little little Vampire and Little Monster are both movies that I distinctively remember walking past in Blockbuster constantly, just being like, I I was six years old, and I was thinking, you know what, I don't think that one's for me. <laughs> I would just go... Even then, you had better taste. Yeah. I, not, to, not to disrespect any of the cast and crew from Little Monster or Little Vampire that are probably listening to this podcast. Yeah, they were They get really a Google or whenever they see Iko Iko and Aaron Carter in the same sentence. I do too, actually. I get the same Google alert. That's how you're so prepared. <laughs> I'm so prepared. Like, I'm looking right now. Esther has a uh, two-stapled piece of paper together. Are they double-sided? No, no, no. They're oh, not double-sided. okay. No. I don't feel as bad. Page no. one is the history of Iko Iko and the little vampire, and then page two is the lyrics and a couple of notes on the lyrics of Iko Iko. I was super prepared because I was just really interested in... I'm, I'm trying as hard as I can to find the connection between I Go, I Go and the Little Vampire. Like, they're sitting... Well, let's think about it. Well, so, I Go, I Go, it, as you said before, it's kind of combining different ideas of folklore and kind of bringing it to a more contemporary setting. And, I mean, vampires. That's, not, that's like, one of the oldest traditions and ideas that we have in our culture. Like, for centuries, people have been like, ah... The Jews are bloodsuckers. Like, bloodsucking has always been considered, like, a demonic thing because it's, like, taking a life force. So, by putting it in this contemporary setting with vampires, it's kind of taking this classic tradition and putting it to the forefront, uh, starring Jonathan Lipinski, Lipnitsky. I personally think it's starring Jonathan Lipnitsky spiked hair because this kid, his hair is taller than him in the whole movie. It's the same height as Stuart Little. Yeah, he was also in that. But you guys will probably know him as Murph from Like Mike because, like, who doesn't know Murph from Like Mike? You wouldn't know him as Murph from Interstellar. That was a different actress. She also did a fantastic job. Yeah. Uh, Did she win anything or just... I don't think so. I don't think she was even nominated. I think she just got a couple pats on the back. You know what? I think Interstellar did win a lot because it was the same year of, uh, like, Birdman. And Birdman was sweeping. Birdman cleaned up. Interstellar, I think, got... Uh, it might have gotten... No, no, no. It, uh, Birdman got Best Original screen pet, Screenplay. And it got Best Director, and it got Best Film. Yes. So Interstellar... I think Interstellar, I think Interstellar just, like, cleaned up in the technical categories. Yes. Very I think cool that's movie. what happened. I think... I believe that Stephen Hawking approved, but Neil deGrasse Tyson was like, you realize that you couldn't actually go this fast in space. Yeah, we know Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, and that was me debuting my Neil deGrasse Tyson impression. <laughs> it was really good. Thank you. I, you got the mustache, too. I do. I also have the rest of it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're going to take a little bit of a break, and when we come back, we're going to try to figure out the context of Little Vampire and Ico Ico. Don't go anywhere. The 90s. And then there's, like, this weird um, beach guitar. Like, brrrr. Yeah, he, like, shreds. And he, there's, like, a shred solo. 
but at the same mm-hmm. time, it's like it's like they wanted on one hand to have this like real hardcore guitar, but on the other hand, they had to compensate for the fact that a thirteen year old is singing. So they were like, we can't have it too heavy or else mm-hmm. it's going to overpower this, like, child's voice. Well, my one thing is listening to it, it it doesn't really sound that much like an Aaron Carter song. Like, I love Aaron Carter, hence this entire podcast surrounding right. him and his lore. But it it just doesn't really sound, it doesn't sound like, because he's kind of, he's half singing, half rapping it. And uh, I guess the closest musically I would compare it to is maybe I Want Candy. Like a little bit, just kind of how he's how he's performing it, but it it just doesn't sound exactly right. Like maybe that's corporate sponsorship getting in the way of his artistry. I think maybe that's part of why it's kind of shoved in the in the you in know the, the depths of the album is that it doesn't really it oh, yeah it doesn't sound like Aaron Carter, but at the same time like. It's unmistakably his. It's unmistakably him because there's that. There is that synth boom clap, and there is that like very soft cotton candy, like sweet pop sound to mm-hmm. it. And then there's and his voice is on it. But the thing is, like, I think fundamentally, because it is a song that doesn't belong to him, and it's a song that not even written by like his usual writers. Like I'm looking at the Wikipedia page now, and Iko Iko has so many. Uh, uh, people listed for it. I mean, partly because it was written by yeah. See, uh, Hawkins, Sugar Hawkins, Boy. Johnson. Those are the Dixie Cups. Then and then Jones, there's Jones, 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 and Thomas. And then those are all the Sugar Boy and the Cane Cutters. So there are a ton of writers on it. But Aaron Carter, I'm sure. Like, I can't be sure, but I would venture to say that Aaron Carter has not met the people that wrote I Go I Go. Mm-hmm. And someone presented the song to him. Maybe he heard a cover of it instead of the original, and he kind of based his performance of the song on someone else's performance of the song. Yeah, like, it wasn't really, like, uh, this wasn't written for Aaron Carter to specifically perform as Aaron Carter. Mm-hmm. Like, it's in... I mean, songwriters write stuff all the time for other people. Like, Lady Gaga got her start um, writing other music for people, and then and then she would just use her... Yeah, Sia too, and she would just play it herself, and it works because it's technically her voice, but this is the... Um, Iko Iko is, is a, a step or two removed yeah. from... Yeah, so it's not even that, like, he knows someone who knows who someone who knows that. It's that he kind of listened to it and kind of... I, I personally think that the little vampire people, I think maybe they just wanted Iko Iko in the movie, and they were like, who could we get to do Iko Iko? Yeah. And then they were like, oh, Aaron Carter's really hot right now because Aaron's party dropped... That Aaron's so hot right now. Yeah, he's real hot right now because... Do you wanna do you wanna do you wanna take a little journey and of uh, look at look back at that day where that might have taken place the little vampire absolutely um, offices yeah <clears throat> hello this is Indian offices hi um my name is Miles um uh, I represent uh, uh, the little monster. L- nope, little vampire. Sorry, I was, I was walking past little the blockbuster. Little monster isn't going to happen for another five years. You're right, you're right, you're right. My apologies, stewardess. What was your name again? Um, Cynthia. Cynthia. Thank you, Cynthia. Um, so uh, I'm a producer on Little Vampire. Hold, please. I'll yep. connect you with the Aaron Carter people. Great. Beep, beep, beep. Brr, brr, brr. Man, oh. What a day. Oh. <laughs> Hello? Hi. 
This is Kyle. Hi, my name's Thomas. From the I'm from the movie studio. How's it going? Uh, it's excellent. We're doing pretty well. We got Aaron's party coming out pretty soon, so that's great. Well, before you release it, I have a proposition for you. So I uh, this is going to be one of the biggest movies of the year, Little Vampire, starring John uh, Ritnitsky. Lipnitsky. Lip. Yeah. Okay. Good. I was testing you. You passed. Good job. Yeah. I heard yeah. About it. Lipnitsky. Uh, it's gonna be crazy successful. It's gonna, he's moving to Scotland. He's gonna uh, meet. Va- he's gonna have vampire fantasies, and he's gonna meet one. It's gonna be great. And we think that Aaron, uh, if Aaron had a song on the soundtrack, it would really boost us, but it would also give him a little shove right before that release. How does that sound? Um. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. I mean, we pretty much have targeted the same demographics, mm-hmm. but. Do you have any songs in mind? We yes. have this. We have this great track listing of Aaron's party. We've got Aaron's party. Come and get it. How mm-hmm. I Beat Shaq. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, I Want Candy. We've got we've got lots. We can pick from that. Or so those are all interesting. But how about uh, the little ditty called Iko Iko? Iko Iko. That's the that's the one. Um, it wasn't in Beetlejuice, but like it kind of sounds like that one song that was in Beetlejuice. Oh, yeah, 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 okay. you got it. So yeah. we're thinking if uh, if Aaron can kind of put his own little spin on it, that would be really fun, you know? Just like maybe he he's playing the guitar. Like we can we can get a band for him. Okay, yeah, I think. I mean, we can we can ask Aaron. Um, actually, we probably oh, won't here, ask here. Aaron. Do, you, do you want to put Aaron on the phone? Yeah, here's here's Aaron. <clears throat> hey, man. Aaron, we just got this really interesting call from. These people oh, making is this a, a three-way call. Yeah, yes, it is, Aaron. Hi, I'm Kyle. Hey, Kyle, I'm Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. This is Kyle. Kyle, Aaron. Hello. Hi. Yeah, Kyle. Um, so this man, Kyle, he's working on a movie called The Little Vampire. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, I think you'll love watching it because you it's targeted right at you. So, The Little Vampire. Um, they're gonna be best friends, but well, let me guess. You need a song. Yeah, actually, they do. So, Kyle, do you care to take over? Yeah, sure. Um, so we're thinking Iko Iko. Iko Iko. Iko Iko, Aaron, is a song, um, it sounds like it was a Beetlejuice, but it wasn't. It's that one that kind of sounds like it's Oh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they want to do that. So are you interested? Totally. Yeah, and we, can, we have a band ready for you. Um, how about we, we do it like a rap? We, I mean, we, we, yeah, Kyle, this, this is something that Aaron and I have been talking about. Yeah, sure. Do you want me to hop off the line? Maybe you two can just talk. Yeah, so. Okay. Bye-bye. So, um, Aaron, you know, you and I have been talking about how we want to change the brand to be, like, pop rap, like, something real progressive, something really cool. Yeah. I think this is our opportunity. Now is the time. We got to seize it. I go, I go, it goes way back. And it's, you know, there are lots of people who have covered it. You're going to join this very rich lineage of people who, like, Dave Matthews has done it, Cindy Lauper, uh, Julia Roberts did it, uh, acapella in the 1980s. I don't know any of those people, but they sound pretty cool. Yeah, they're super successful, and if you want to be successful, you should do it too. I want to rap. We can make that happen. So I'm going to give Kyle a call. You're in? Sure. And see, that was beautiful. That was wow. <laughs> that was a very long improv set. It was because um, you kept introducing these new characters. You're like, oh, I want to be Aaron now. <laughs> yeah, I realized one of one of us had to be Aaron. So that was that was basically um, we were reading um, 
We were reading a transcript of the yeah. conversations that have happened on MGM. They were released in the Sony hacks. Oh my god, those damn Sony hacks. They got everything. Yeah. So, but it also, like, introduced to us this great background of Aaron Carter doing Echo Echo because clearly, like, as I was saying, I don't really think that he was the one that picked it. I think that it was picked for him. Yeah. And then he kind of jumped on and, like, was like, I want to make it my own, which kind of makes it this really off-kilter version of mm-hmm. Ico Ico. I mean, like, it's it reminds me of just... I mean, um... I, to this day, even, I'll, I'll, like, make covers of songs just because I think it's, like, a fun thing and I'll try to add my own little spin on it. But I, I don't know. I just don't think it really... It hits the mark as much. Like, I'm really curious also as to why um, Ico Ico was chosen for Little Vampire. I really, we were discussing the idea of folklore mm-hmm. and like the combination between the folklore of vampires and the folklore in. Oh, yeah, I was talking about that for like two minutes. Yeah, you talked about that for, for a little bit. I don't think you really remember. <laughs> I, d- I do remember, I remember now, but also it still, like, I mean, I was kind of like joking around, like, oh, that's a connection, that makes sense, but also, like, I don't, do you. I, I mean, d- the I don't thing remember that I was where thinking- this appeared in the film. Um. That was the thing. I couldn't find it, and I've never actually watched The Little Vampire. I just know it really well. Um, and that's where, that's the It's one... like The Godfather. Like, not everybody's seen it, but you get it. Yeah, you know, it's, what's his name? Get shot. Take The, the Little Vampire. Take the cannoli. Leave the gun. We're still talking about Little Vampire, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, but I think that definitely, even though you were, like, kind of joking around about the folklore idea, like... There is kind of that connection between the fact that Ico Ico is rooted in Louisiana, Creole, Mardi Gras folklore, and then the little mm-hmm. vampire is rooted in vampire folklore. And also, it's the story of two competing tribes. And in the little vampire, the center of conflict is the fact that his best friend, um, Rudolph, is a vampire, and he and his family are on the run from a guy named Rookery. His name is Rookery, and he is a vampire yeah, hunter. He's a vampire hunter. And so, like, at the climax, there's this, like, big battle, and they're, like, running around. They're trying to get to this amulet that'll save Rudolph and his family before Rookery can get it and, like, kill them all. Um, and, like, it's the first track. It's the first track on the soundtrack for The Little Vampire. So that makes me think that it's, like, you know... It's like the Tony going to Scotland. Yeah, it's it's like him. It's probably him in his normal life, just being like, "Man, Dad, this was a great golf course that you built." And then, boom, gotta go. I mean, also looking at this, that's not even the only cover on the Little Vampire soundtrack. Um, The Eighteens, who we all know sang "Upside Down, Bouncing Off the Ceiling," um, they covered an ABBA song, the "Gimme, Gimme, Gimme, A Man After Midnight." Mm Mm-hmm. There's also a Bahamut song on here somewhere. Yeah, I was, I was looking at that. That's really Oh, you exciting. can get it. Is that an original, though? Was that theirs? Um, I think Bahamut, they don't really do covers. They're more their own style. It's hard for the Bahamut to cover things, don't you think? I, I I would need to make sure if this is true or not, but I believe that the Bahamut are working on new music. Really? I cannot confirm that right now. Intrigue but, in the highest. Oh, Definitely. Also, I'm, speaking of which, Aaron Carter is also apparently working on new solo stuff. Aaron Carter just announced his support for Donald Trump, too. Yeah, we actually we actually talked about that in a preview episode that I released a little bit ago. Oh. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I get it covered. You got it covered? He's very mature about it. Yeah, he was, um, he actually 
announced that about three days after he left us, which was really weird because we're like Bernie Central. And so, like, he, he probably he probably like cleared his head. He was like, "Oh my goodness, look at all these hippies everywhere! I should totally just be a Trump supporter." Like, I think maybe we drove him to Trump. I'm sorry. Take me to Trump, America. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I think that might have been our fault. It's okay. So I go, I go. <laughs> yeah, I go, I go. Is uh, the beginning of the movie, which is like you know, like montagey, like they're getting on a plane, they're flying to Scotland, moving yeah. into this castle that Tony is moving into. I mean, we haven't, it's really cheery and like Tony is American and when he starts going to school, like he starts getting bullied by a lot of these UK kids because he's not like them and because he also really Wait, likes vampires. Wait, say, say UK. UK? Yeah, I'm fine. Good. So he keeps getting bullied by these kids and that leads me to believe that Ego Ego precedes that because Ego Ego, like this particular recording is so cheery and poppy and just... Cotton candy fluff. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of, almost all the recordings, it, it is a happy song, mm-hmm. but um, it reminds me of um, uh, The Youth by MGMT, the music video for that is showing these kids that are trying to be like soulful and dancing, but because they're so young, they don't really have any real like soul to draw from, so they're just kind of literally doing the moves, and I think in a certain way... I would say that about uh, I Go, I Go, as performed by Aaron Carter. That he doesn't really have that body to him. Yeah, that he, he doesn't have a, a personal connection to this song, which is completely fine. Like, his yeah. his wheelhouse is a lot in just, like, fun story, fun stories, tall tales, and uh, parties and crushes on girls. Like, a, a, a folk story about... Um, Mardi Gras tribes clashing, like... Yeah, that's... There's, there's definitely a lot of, like, rich cultural history that he does not involve himself in. Where Aaron Carter, he's from, like, Florida or something? Yeah, that sounds about right. He's from, you know, somewhere that doesn't have that, that history, that tapestry, that, you know, that combination, like, Mardi Gras tribes. You're right, he is from Tampa, Florida. How did I know that? I mean, he's a Florida boy. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear. Look at his hair. Yeah, it's pretty clear. But I think that maybe because he's kind of disconnected from that that history that comes with Ico Ico, you know, today we don't necessarily have these Mardi Gras tribes clashing right now. Now Mardi Gras is just like a big drunk fest in New Orleans, and it's great because everyone's partying, everyone's got their beads, everyone's like doing their thing. But at the time, that wasn't what it used to be. It used to be about cultural pride and about mm-hmm. familial pride. And Well, you could, you could say that about most... Uh, festivals like there's everybody every year talks about the over commercialization of Valentine's Day of mm-hmm. uh, Thanksgiving of Christmas specifically like it's just kind of a th- a thing in general. <laughs> yeah, it. I totally agree. I I definitely think that it's just the fact that it's I mean even Sugar Boy and the Cane Cutters I don't necessarily think that like because this Mardi Gras tradition goes way back. It, I mean Mardi Gras predates the Louisiana Purchase. It mm-hmm. predates all of this stuff. It's a it's a religious holiday that just happens to be associated with beignets and alcohol. But And Popeyes. And Maybe. Popeyes because New Orleans. Um Louisiana Fest. There we go. Uh, we uh, this episode of Cardicast is brought to you by Louisiana or by the state of Louisiana. Um hey Louisiana, come on by. Send us some Popeyes. Um and- the other thing that you said. 
Louisiana fast. Beignets? Oh, beignets. Beignets, thank yeah. you. I'm They're never delicious. Remember that. Um, so I think that maybe because Mardi Gras is so old and like these, the story of Ico Ico about these two Mardi Gras tribes like fronting on each other, like Giacomo, like, and then Ico Ico is a victory chant because they're, mm-hmm. they're battling, they're going into battle. You're not going to find that at Mardi Gras. You're not going to find these tribes battling each other. You're going to see mm-hmm. people who might necessarily, kind of like um, the Mummers Parade in Philadelphia, how you have the families that do the mumming. That's the that's the verb, right? Yeah, to mum. To mum. Yeah, so you have these families that like have their their lineage like steeped in mumming. But and then there are all these people like um, uh, I don't know how national these stories are with the mummers parade. It's it's a well known festival, like- but uh, this year and in past years, um, there's been a lot of incidents relating to. Um, Racism and doing blackface. There's they did been that a lot thing of... with Caitlyn Jenner this year. Yes, there's that, been a that, lot of that group actually and homophobia. They got kicked out actually for for we that. did it. Problem solved. Well, I mean, it's a step. guys. We we solved it. We but fixed. that's what happened. I think they're actually like increasing the security, like their their previews. Being a bit more su- yeah, they're like you got to show us what you're doing before we put you on television. You know, which that's reasonable. That's yeah, reasonable. I don't I don't know why they didn't do that before. But you see the parallels between the Mardi Gras tradition and the New Year's tradition here and how it's definitely become, like, a commercialized contemporary thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where Aaron Carter, like, steps in steps in it, you know? He, yeah, like, he definitely wants, he's, he wants to participate. He wants to be a part of this tradition in some sense. Like, we, like we read from that uh, transcript of yeah. the conversation to get Aaron Carter to do Ico Ico. He... he it is a very long line of really interesting people that have covered this song. Uh, it's it's now a standard, I guess you mm-hmm. would say. I mean, it was done on The Tonight Show mm-hmm. with Natalie Portman, Sia, Sia, and The Roots. Like, those are three... And the one and only Jimmy Fallon. Oh, of course, but he probably did like... Head no, head no. I, w- I watched a video earlier. I go, I go. He He's actually doing, he was doing pretty well. He was harmonizing with Sia. Natalie Portman was sitting there for a little bit, but I, she got into it. She, Natalie Portman is great. She's great. She, Did she is go to Harvard? Yes. Also, is she the one that has that has a kid named Apple? No, that's Gwyneth Paltrow. No, isn't her kid Aleph? She had, they're Hebrew, I think. Aleph. The name. Yeah, like the that first letter cool. of the Hebrew, Hebrew alphabet. That'd be cool. No, Some, Apple is Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin. Gotcha. Chris Martin, that's uh, Coldplay. Cold I think they they word for they were separated. I don't know if they're still separated. Yeah, but I was she about to say. is still running Goop. And she still has a child named Apple. Goop. Goop is her lifestyle blog for mothers. Um, a lot of people don't really like it because she'll be like, "Oh, here's a literal silver spoon that you can buy for your child," and people are like, "We don't have millions of dollars to spend on literal silver spoons." And she's like, "Look at this hand cream that costs two hundred dollars an ounce." Speaking of spoons, um, not to offend anybody out there, but I think uh, collecting spoons is not a cool. It's not a good hobby. People collect plates too. They get like plates. Plate, with, like, I mean, on plates them. are. I feel you can like hang a, a plate on the wall. Yeah, you wall. can hang a plate. Spoons, you just get like a little carrying case that like used to hold like dead butterflies. Really? It, or I that's didn't know what they people look, actually. That's what they look spoons. like for me. I um where I was in New York uh, last week and we were in one of like eight hundred gift shops and uh, there was just like a shelf that had a bunch of commemorative spoons that like Brooklyn. New York Statue of Liberty on them. Did and you get one? 
No, I didn't. I got um, I got a, a cool bottle opener that says New York. Oh, cool. So people know where I got it. Yeah. And also that you drink and that you have a fun time. Uh, I drink root beer because I'm only 20 years old. Oh. Esther. Yeah, I mean like... I, if you're gonna if you're gonna condone anything, I do not of condone sort, any form of underage drinking, any sort of illegal activity. I wake up at nine a.m. I eat bran, and I live the most straight and narrow life possible. I go to class. I do my homework. I wake up at eight. I go to the gym. Well, excuse me. And then for dinner, I eat more bran, and then I go to bed by eight o'clock. So you are just uh, stocked up. Yeah, I do not. I I got so much fiber in me. I uh, but that being said, I do not condone you drinking at twenty years old. However, that bottle opener will show people that you have a really fun time. Yeah. Oh, people will definitely think I'm cool. They will allow me into all the hip spots on campus and off campus. People will be like, "Oh, you have a bottle opener here. Come get a key to the city." You know, or Mayor a bottle Jim opener Kenny. to the city. That's true. There's that big. Everybody knows Philadelphia. There's Statue of Liberty, the Liberty Bell, <laughs> and um, and the giant bottle of Yingling uh, at. It's like Eighth Billy Penn is holding a bottle yeah. of Yingling on top of City Hall. Guys, I've lived in I've lived in and around Philly my entire life. I know that's not the Statue of Liberty. Okay, <laughs> I don't want any angry letters from uh, Philadelphia. From the city of Philadelphia. I was trying to think of anybody that lives in Philadelphia of note, but I couldn't. (laughs) Who lives here regularly? The Roots. The Roots live here. I feel like they just live in New York now. I know Quest does, but I mean, um, Kamal Gray lives here. Yes. He commutes. That's actually, oh, another fun fact, going back to the very beginning of this podcast, Esther and I um, did uh, In the Heights when we were seniors in high school with Kamaya Gray, which is... The daughter of a root. So, Are we allowed to say her name because she's under eighteen? Is she under eighteen still? Yes. I don't know. Yes, because if she was a freshman when we were seniors and we're sophomores now, or so I'm I'm a sophomore, you're a freshman. We went to high school and we're involved in the play with the daughter of a root, so she is a branch. Yeah, I'll bleep. I'll bleep it out. Beep. You can be like that. Doesn't Eric. help. That doesn't help after we after we said it. But <laughs> I, your your heart's in the right place. I can give you like a sound bite to bleep over it. Like yeah, sure. Me yeah, going do you like, want to record that real quick? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Aaron Carter. That's that, good. Yeah. You I should th- do radio spots. Me? Yeah, that was perfect. It's like, this Friday, Aaron Carter in the... Come to higher ground. Aaron Carter is performing his greatest hits. How it be Shaq, Aaron's party, come and get it, and I want candy. Tickets are $20 at the door, $30 online. So so it's actually more money <laughs> to if, buy you, if you buy it in advance. <laughs> yeah, it's more money if you buy it in advance because he really wants people to, like, he really encourages people to it's be like, like the, the moment. Yeah. He wants people to be like, let's go see Aaron Carter and, like, buy tickets at the door. And he's like, yeah, I, I reward I reward that. That's spot That's 90. I like that. That's fine. Um, yeah, we just had, who did we have? We just had Fetty Wap here How a little while that? ago. Yeah. I didn't go because I, um, I forget what I was doing that night. Was it cheaper at the door? Um, no, it was, it was, I, I don't think they had a difference in price. It was like, you could, like, you could pick it up beforehand, it would be $20, and then at the door, it would also be $20. We also had Cat Williams that was just here. I also didn't see him, I was, I had a lot of homework that night. Hmm, that's a shame. It really is a shame. I like when he calls people boo-boo. Do you see Jay Fire's impression of Cat Williams? I did, that was real, 
He's fantastic. Jay Farrow crushed the impressions. Yeah, um, also the first, like, impression that I've ever heard of Hannibal Burris. Yes. It was pretty good. Like, I uh, love that Hannibal Burris is, like, important enough to have an impression of him now. Good for him. He deserves it. He does deserve it. Ilana, Ilana, can I fix your tooth for you? Oh my god, Hannibal, when did you, how did you get here? <laughs> I took a train, you know? I mean, it was a fast train, but it took a few hours. I mean, like, what's the deal with trains anyway? Why do we get on them? Oh, Jerry Seinfeld's here now? <laughs> no, uh, Hannibal does what's the deal, but in his little Hannibal way, he goes like, Oh, you're right. Why do we take trains? Why can't we just take a bus? Like, Yeah, my mom... I could uh, walk. I have legs. I played my mom Hannibal Burris, and now she loves it. It's kind of the thing where my mom will recognize a comedian that I introduced to her, and she'll immediately be like, Oh, I love them. And then she tags you in everything on Facebook. Yeah. Yep. Same with, like, Maria Bamford, yeah. Brian Regan. My brother actually showed me Maria Bamford. She She's good, too. Her uh, stand-up in front of her parents. Yeah, my my parents did not care for that. They were like, this is this is a little weird. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's the point. Yeah. It's great. She made cookies. Oh, definitely. You know, we're getting off topic. We're getting off topic I, again. <laughs> I, I don't know about you, but I, I, I don't know if I have that much more to say about Iko Iko. Do you have any final thoughts? Uh, my final thoughts on Aaron Carter's version of Ico Ico, yes. I would say, is that it is definitely a stitch in a rich tapestry of covers. Um, it might be a drop stitch, but mm. it's definitely a stitch. And because it's there, I think that it definitely contributes to the history and the legacy of the song. Yeah, and I think it's it's very it's interesting uh, as a tra- it's the eighth track. On um, his second studio album, that's how I beat Shaq. Or sorry, Aaron's party, come get it. My, mm-hmm. my apologies to the to the listener, the single listener. Um, but it's like we were talking about how it doesn't really fit in with the rest of his music, just because it, it does. It is kind of this eerie, not quite of his songs. But I, in a way, thinking about it more a little bit now, it kind of acts as a nice bridge. Just kind of take a break from stories about dating girls and crushes and stuff, and like just hear. It's, it's kind of just anybody will listen to this, and they might not love the rendition, but they'll recognize the song and kind of sing along to it. And I realized that I've been... Uh, we talked about this during the that transcript that we listened, that we read verbatim, but... From the I, Sony Hacks. Yes. Very I, I legitimately thought that this was the song from the end of Beetlejuice. Really? Yeah. Well... Jump on the vine, run in time. Okay, I believe you. Well, then maybe that's where the connection comes from, because Beetlejuice, Little Vampire, like... Spooky kind of stories. Kind of spooky and just kind of like a weird nostalgia feel to it. But then again, if they wanted to evoke that same kind of feeling in Beetlejuice, they probably could have just used the original version or they could have used the Dixie Cups. Actually, well, Dixie Cups doesn't really translate to like a big film because it's acapella. But I think that we're talking about Beetlejuice or are we talking about Little Vampire? Uh, Either or. Well, I think that person, like, I think that because the Little Vampire wanted to be, you know, it was a kid's movie. They wanted to market it to the kids. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that they sh- they definitely Aaron Carter was a better choice than picking like the Sugar Boy version or yeah. And while for us as adults, it might sound a little holly hollow and like eerie and Hollywood and empty and terrifying, but for a kid, like it's super poppy, mm-hmm. it's super fun, and it's like and oh Aaron Carter, I know that name, I love this song. And that was definitely a pull at least for soundtrack sales. Like it's it's the first song on there. Like if mm-hmm. you're reading the tracks on a CD, uh, for those of you listening at home, a CD, uh, it was like an MP3 it spins. player. It spins it and ca- it's shiny. Yeah, it was kind of like a DVD. Okay, so a DVD, it's kind of like 
kind of like Blu-ray, but worse. Yeah, and like a Blu-ray is kind of like if you could stream without the internet. Yeah, these are these are crazy concepts that we're getting into, but I think yeah. that definitely because of that history, that's what it is. Gotcha. Um, anything you want to plug, plug Esther? Um, I'm my say book that again. Anything you want to plug? Uh, my book, Lady Logic. It makes sense when you think about it. Uh, it's going to be on stands uh, in in two and a half months. It hits the sh- it hits the shelf on July second. That's my birthday. So that's two days. Oh wait, no, never mind. It's yeah. not today. <laughs> no, I was going to say that's two days before the Fourth of July. Yeah. So when you're going out there, you're buying uh, hot dogs to grill. Hop, pop on over to uh, discount books. Discount Books RS. Um, it's also available on ebook, on Kindles, Nooks. So, Lady Logic, it all makes sense but when not, you think about but it. But not um, the iPad book app. No, because who uses that? Uh, also, I just, I'm Tim not Cook personally, I'm not being paid to do this. Um, Popeye's Chicken, it's really good. It's really good. They have a very interesting breading. Like, it's it's not, it's not like chunks of bread. It's like, it's more, um... Like tempura, almost. Like that kind of flakiness to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's also Louisiana Fest. And, so, then, uh, and your uh, Twitter account is? Uh, e. Rosencrantz, which is um, C-R-A-N-T-Z, like Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. That's my Twitter. Exactly. And as always, my Twitter is Mr. Wiseman, spelled out M-I-S-T-E-R. Wiseman, like, figure out how to spell it. It's in the podcast description. It's on your screen right now. It is. It's flashing. <laughs> Can we do that? Can we make it flash? Like, Wiseman. Do you mean Wiseman. A, do you mean make a pop-up ad? No, like, just make your album cover, just like, like your podcast cover, make your name just, like, flash so people yeah, know how totally. to spell it. Yeah, totally. I think we're at a point where we can make GIFs, GIFs. Yeah, Splits. Apple, they have those live photos now. You can totally do it. Yeah, I yeah. think so. So we're going to go figure out how to do that. Um, As always, thanks for listening, and we will see you next time with another edition of AC's Discography. See you later.